Hello, Marys. Well, hello, Marys. My, what works of art you are. Oh, isn't that sweet? Isn't that cheeky? It's cheeky. I'm buttering them up a little bit. I'm buttering their cheeks a little bit. I know. Put some put some butter on it. Yeah, it's a little rye. No big deal. Uh, Marys and Marias, we are here this week to talk about what we're calling, you know, drag art, drag adjacent art, but really, you know, sort of uh, other folks in the in the subdivision of drag race who are creating inspired art, inspired videos, um, and in their own way are kind of like, you know, uh, a part of the world of drag race and that they're sort of like what they're creating is birthed from the world of drag race, including us, you know? Oh, sure. I think podcasts are one vein of this, uh, but we're, I don't know, what we're kind of focusing on is probably not podcasts because <laughs> of our medium. Um, I, no, I'm and just saying just, that there's, you know, we, we wouldn't exist yes. if there wasn't Drag Race, much like these folks today. Absolutely. Uh, and it also goes without saying, next week, Mary's, is the start of our coverage of All-Star 7, the all-winner season, which... I'm sure we'll bring on lots more drag-inspired art and uh, cool content. Yeah, I mean, I I love sort of the, you know, uh, the democracy of it, I suppose. But there are definitely certain, you know, drag artists, drag recappers, drag, drag race responders um, that I have loved and I have known and been familiar with for a while. And kind of a, you know, uh, I feel like there there have been generations of them. There's kind of the early days, and then there's kind of the folks who are making art right now. And uh, yeah, hopefully we get somebody new for All Stars 7. One of the early artists that I think started probably around, what, season three? Was it season three or was it season six? Uh, Chad Sell. Yeah, I don't remember. I Because I... I had started watching. I mean, granted, we all know the story of season three, my first season. But in terms of live se- live seasons, I had started with like season four or five, and so it's somewhere within there. <clears throat> I remember seeing them, and it was like, and it and I feel like you you went to his blog, you went to his website yeah. for it. It wasn't right. like it didn't feel like it was an Instagram post or something on, on Facebook, and maybe that was as well. But my experience was like every Tuesday to go see like the new post from Chad Sell. Yeah, he popped them out quickly. I remember in starting around season six or seven, uh, and then probably at some point like started to go back and do iconic looks from like season two and three or whatever. But yeah, it was it was always a quick turnaround. And I remember the queens would promote it or they would retweet it. I mean, it was just like an honor. And I feel like Chad sells art kind of helped iconicize some of the looks, particularly, I think, of Manila uh, in The Crying Big Bird. Yeah, well, that was, you know, that was what I liked about a lot of his was that it was, you know, some of them were very much like recognizable moments in an episode of Drag Race, but then some of them could stand on their own as just like this moment that he was that he was creating. And I, and I think that was mm. a great example because it was like, yeah, you could know this as a drag race reference, or you could see this as this like just crazy drag moment that he's created. And what's really cool about, I think, Chad Sell as an artist is that, yeah, he kind of came up into fame by drawing these portraits 
of the drag race contestants and then was like, yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm going to focus on, you know, uh, creating this, these graphic novels. Uh, one of which I bought uh, called cardboard kingdom, which is just fantastic. It for all ages. And I, I, I just love also that he had his own evolution, right? Well, yeah. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, I remember when he was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not doing the, the, you know, the drag race stuff anymore. And like at that point, I mean, yeah, you know, he had been at drag con and I just felt like was mm. sort of such a recognizable, I feel like had even been featured in some way on drag race. Like, I feel like there was one of those little, like, you know, our fans make great art, like, you know, and then they show like a little video package, you know? And so I feel like it was kind of getting to that point. And I think what's important is like where Chad sell at his height fell in terms of where Drag Race was, you know, because mm. I feel like if it was now, it would get lost in the mix because Drag Race, a season of Drag Race in and of itself is not such an event. And there's so many voices around it now. And there's so many, mm. there is so much art and which is great. But when he was doing it, it didn't feel like, it still felt like this little thing on Logo that only we knew about. And I say we, you know, we, you know? Yeah, the audience. Yeah, yeah. No, it it was smaller. Uh, there weren't that many people, maybe doing what he was doing, or were as popular as him. Uh, because I think he gained that following and then kept it, and it only grew. You know, once you're big, you only can only get bigger. You know what I mean? You just have to be big. And uh, he did it. I think the other part of the model that worked for him was that it was so quick, and that kind of relates to some of the other. Uh, drag art that we're going to talk about today uh, is like the speed at which the response from an artist comes out, I think um, helped, right? Well, you're right. I mean, and it's, you know, becomes the expectation of like, okay, everyone's waiting for it. And I have no idea the work it takes, but I feel like that had to have been part of the burnout was like trying to mm -hmm. tr like curate which ones you're going to do and then like draft them and create them and like perfect them and like get them ready for like so many eyes who are like expecting this to be, you know, uh, I don't know, some kind of curation of, of each episode. Like there's, there, there became, I think among fans, you know, a, an appreciation of Chad Sell that probably also felt like an expectation. Yeah, I think that, you know, that definitely relates to even the drag race contestants. Uh, it relates to another uh, kind of content creator around that time, uh, Lee Dawson, who I couldn't even imagine trying to come up with those 20-minute recaps to stay in line with the season. Like, it... I, unbelievable amount of work um and yeah with chad i i just have a lot of respect for how he did it he rode the wave when he knew he could re, uh, ride the wave and then didn't need it anymore because he probably amassed a lot of just uh followers a lot of uh you know uh, fans uh so to speak that actually didn't care if he was doing drag race art or not and he didn't need all of the you know the, the quote unquote the fat the, the the part that you would cut off the the just fair weather drag race fans that mm -hmm. only want his art because it's Bianca you know right 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 it's just people who now are a fan of his um I feel like as he kind of dipped out of doing drag race stuff I feel like that was the same time that I started seeing things by 
uh, art by Shane get posted on mm-hmm. Reddit, for example. And I yes. started to see his work. Shane Gallard, I believe his name is. Uh, Guyard, yeah. Uh, Guyard, well, you know, I, I, I got to pronounce it incorrectly or they won't know it's me. Uh, I'm but probably wrong. I, uh, well, art by Shane, I think I know how to say. <laughs> oh, please. I'm the bunny. Um, and so, <laughs> uh, and so I felt like there, there was kind of at the same time I was seeing, you know, Art by Shane posts on Reddit and starting to see more of that on Instagram. And Shane wasn't doing exactly what Chad was doing at all, but was taking these queens and taking like these moments and then bringing them to the world of like uh, comic books and superheroes. And kind of, I remember it was like All Stars 5, but like it was the cover of a comic book. And Mm -hmm. it was like, oh my God, this is, this is a totally new level. And you're bringing in kind of the intersection of also like this superhero thing that's taking off at the same time. Yeah. I, I used to look forward to those and used to, I still do. I think his, his in um, reimagining of it is so creative, so brilliantly done. I loved his stuff for season 13, actually. Now that I think about it, the stuff with, uh, got Mick and Rose mm-hmm. uh, and Simone, he just, uh, he is a he's a very creative artist. There were a lot of I feel like with his it was a different kind of surprise factor, not to compare, you know, not to compare drag race artists, but um <laughs> I know we can't compare compare artists, but you know, there was a, a there's a surprise factor with his stuff because it's like, oh, each week it it could be a very different interpretation of a queen in a comic book moment or, or as a, a, you know, a certain superhero or whatever. Um, and I'm being probably very reductive of what Shane is doing, but the point being that I had no idea, even if I knew it was going to be, you know, something featuring got Mick, I had no idea to what extent or to, or what world Shane was going to put got Mick in, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, Shane's stuff uh, continues, I think, to push boundaries and to be creative. Uh, I think definitely a leading artist in terms of drag race art. He also did a whole series of like queer heroes mm-hmm. that I, th- you know, it's not, it, it it's in the same kind of realm. I think he understands like, oh, I have this audience. What else can I do? Why do we have to just put the drag race girls on a pedestal we should be putting lots of different types of people on pedestals i can't identify with that at all (laughs) as someone who maybe we could talk about something other than drag race every once in a while man i can't identify with that at all Uh, why don't you explain your sarcasm, Mary? Oh, it's just i i get the i mean we we're doing it right now, right? Like we and and we're still talking about drag race on Patreon, but like obviously there's so much drag race. We are always talking about drag race all year. And so sometimes it's fun to kind of bring your energy to something that isn't about queens competing with each other, you know? And and is yeah. kind of just celebrating drag not as who did it better or who won or who's the best or what's the toot, what's the boot, but just like in celebrating it for what it is, you know? Absolutely. And I think, you know, uh similar to Shane and Chad, we we recognize that, you know, what brings the boys to the yard, right? The drag race milkshake. Of course. But, but you know, what we really want to do and <laughs> what you're going to do. Yeah. But no, that there's so many other conversations to be had. There's so much uh, uh, more art to create. And it's not all that Chad Sell is. It's not all that Shane is. So, uh, yeah, no, I totally relate to that. Totally relate to that. 
you know, I, I was, and this is like a slight tangent, but I was thinking about this. And granted, this is, you know, I'm, I enjoy talking about Drag Race. I mean, the the joy that we're getting out of Drag Race España right now should uh, be a clear indication. I mean, it can be so fun to queen out on a season. But I was thinking about, you know, other recap podcasts that say, for example, to pull a random show out of my head, Real Housewives, you know, like a, a podcast that's recapping Real Housewives. I feel like with that, it's like you just get to kind of riff on the things that are happening happening when you're recapping it and kind of queen out on these moments, you know, similar to like when we'll talk about a social justice corner or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at no point in those kind of shows do you have to like determine your opinions of who should have won or who was better or mm. who was snubbed. There's none of that that like determining that you have to do when you're recapping a show like that. And it was something that I didn't. I, I, this this may be profound to no one but me, but it was something I never really thought about until now of like, oh, I always have to like have an opinion of who was better every week. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a it's actually something that I think is uh, a la mode. It is kind of in the style right now is that everybody needs to have an opinion on something. And you don't need to have an opinion at all, actually. Uh, we could recap an episode of Drag Race and not have an opinion. Oh, God. Yeah. The we here's could. what happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's the here's what happened, but you could also just talk about things uh, and, and we could make them all teachers, you know, in uh, Drag maybe Race. Maybe that's why we do Shady that. Pines Elementary. Yeah, exactly. Because it changes up the conversation a little bit other than just like, you know, I like this look, but, uh, you know, it's like, I, I, what the hell do I know? <laughs> well, with so many seasons, with also with so many seasons, Mary, it's like okay, this was fine. This yeah. was fine. Like, you don't, it, it, uh, this, I don't have a strong opinion about this look. Yeah. And it, it's also not interesting to listen to, right? So I think that's the other part of it. And and I think that, that just kind of ties back with Shane and Chad. It's like, yeah, it, they're not going to just pick random moments. They're going to pick ones that have impact. Yeah. I feel like the other, the, the third one I have written down in terms of like, you know, art but in a very different style is Liam draws drag because his is I feel like his style is way it's way less detailed in that it's not creating these like comic book you know characters but it's very much these like you know I, I don't want to say it's like line drawings I guess it's probably it feels reductive but it's like he's finding the essence of these moments with these kind of little like booba looking characters mm. you know and i think mm-hmm. what's impressive about that is like instead of like chad sell drawing in all of those little nuances of like manila crying it's like relying on like one wide-eyed face and it's like oh my god that's totally peppermint you know yeah yeah what you know the the distinction i find or that i see is that while shane does comic books i think liam does comic strips Yes. Oh, totally. It has that comic strip thing. It's Farside, yeah. right? It's, yeah. It's like that. There's a it's... visual language to it where like Farside's a great example where like, oh yeah, I know what that means just by doing that like line mouth, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing that I think is great about his drawings is that they're just so charming. Mm-hmm. There is a comic that this reminds me of and I can't remember her name. It's not Gilly, but it's like that. It's... um where it's oh god i feel like it was done on drag race but yeah it's like a oops and then there's like a like a like a spire i i'm gonna sound like a ridiculous person uh because i can't describe this comic and i don't remember her name but it's one girl 
and she's got kind of like frizzy hair. Oh, okay. Uh, all I can think of is I feel like there's a little cartoon named Nancy, but I don't think that's who we're talking about. Yeah, maybe. Um, the the drag art on Instagram that I just find mesmerizing. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if they're actually painting these paintings, but it's the Dragonheim. Yeah, that one I'm I'm not as familiar with only because I just you know. Uh, am not, but I am looking at it right now. The the underscore Dragonheim, um, and yeah, it it's I don't I think it looks like probably yeah they they probably are creating these, um, or it's some incredible photoshopping of the originals. Uh, because there's the most recent one is winners welcoming Willow Pill to their ranks, uh, Nicholas Vanderway, and they kind of look like Handmaids from Handmaid's Tale because they're wearing the red and the white. But it is uh, these all of the drag, not all of them, but many drag race winners. So they got Simone, they got Evie, they got Jada, they got uh, Violet Chachki, they have Sasha Velour, Raja, uh, Bob the Drag Queen, and Bianca Del Rio kind of all walking two by two. And Willow's kind of in the front with like this oversized suit jacket on. I just... It is just executed so perfectly. Um, and apparently this person does digital art um, and photo edits. Uh, so yeah. it's not, it's not, it's done digitally. It's not done with like oil. No. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily somebody in the comments here asked, how do you do this? It's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so according to Dragon High, most of my posts are digital drawings or photo edits or a mix of both. A few of them are not digital. I won't reveal what is what. I want to leave a little room for, room for a little bit of mystery, which mm. I, I think is, you know, I, I bring that up because I feel like, uh, you know, there's there's a draggy illusion to that, too. Right. Like that's mm. so draggy to be like, oh, you won't be able to tell which one's which. I'm going to keep a mystery like I just oh, you queen. I love that. Oh, yeah. I th There's one with Jimbo as the the ghost that I think is just so brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing that I, I I don't I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but I really respect it. This person isn't doing this for money. They're not selling these things. They're just putting it out there for joy and just for the queens themselves to see. I mean, I, I think that that's like, even if you do eventually get, you know, someone commissions or, you know, something or they'll pay for it. I feel like that's a good spirit to start anything because like at the end of the day, there's going to be like, if you do end up having to do it for money and like, this is not me hinting about, all right, Mary, but there's days you're not going to want to do it or you're not going to have the energy for it. And so at the heart of this, if you originally started doing it because it's fun and because you genuinely like this and not because you thought it would make you money, that can kind of carry you through the days when you're like, I just don't have the energy for this, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I feel like if the Dragonheim wants to sell these at some point, that's great that they have a habit of just doing this level of work for themselves. I would buy their Willow Pill Queen um, by Jacques-Louis David. It's Willow kind of like, it's a painting of Willow kind of slouched over a table or something with spaghetti coming out of her mouth. Uh, she's got a fork in her hand with a meatball and she has a toaster next to her. Uh, she's either tired or dead and she's holding an Enya CD. Uh, I, would, I would print that and put that on my wall. 
Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm looking at that right now. Um, and the one next to it of cornbread is just wild. Mm, um, so good. Yeah, this account is really awesome. And a lot of these, it's similar to what we were talking about with Chad Sell. That like you could know the reference, or could, or this could just be this wild singular thing that you're watching. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know really any of these art references, uh, and I'm still getting so much out of it. Just yeah. the style. Ugh, brilliant. I don't think there's anything like this. I haven't seen any kind of drag art like this, which is also why I find it uh, um, valuable. So, newsflash, life can be stressful. But what isn't so obvious is all of the ways stress can affect you physically. Headaches, teeth grinding, digestive issues. To say nothing of the doom scrolling, the sleep issues, and not eating enough. Or, as my Grubhub order history can attest, overeating. Perhaps after convincing yourself that you're ordering dinner as well as lunch for the next day. I believe they just call that delusional. But also delicious. The point is, stress shows up in all kinds of ways. And in a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try therapy. And you know I love talking about therapy. Mm. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Whichever option works for you, it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. So give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. And because this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, Marys get 10% off their first month by going to betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash allrightmary. All right, Mary. Well, you know, you had mentioned his name before, but I think talking about like video uh, drag adjacent artists, um, the world of recaps, I, you know, Lee Dawson is certainly probably the most well-known name for his recaps, but I think if I remember correctly, this was either at the same time that Lee came out or maybe before but there was an account on YouTube called Blaze Amaze, and and they would do the Rue Up. Have you ever seen those? No. Oh, they're, I'm, I feel like they are, I mean, they, some of them have probably been pulled from YouTube, but there's still a few left from like season seven, season 10. So I don't, I, I know that they had stopped at some point and was just like, you know, maybe came back briefly and then stopped again. I think the challenge with this is that to publish on YouTube, you're always jumping up against copyright stuff. So uh, mm. you know, I feel like that, especially for these, you know, longer length things that don't work on TikTok is kind of the challenge, but, um, but all of them, I mean, you know, uh, Blaze Maze and, and Lee Dawson and, and Muniz. And, um, I feel like the three of them in particular have this very, they, they each have a very distinct way of doing this type of video edit recap. Yeah, what I love about them is that they have opinions that come mm -hmm. through in what and how they edit the recap. Yeah, like it, it's it's not just kind of like a fun video edit of what happened in the episode, like edited in with other clips and whatnot. But there is, yeah, actual reactions to runways and things like that. And uh, and so you are kind of feeling like you're getting an individual uh, review on each episode while also getting a sort of fever dream recap of it. 
you know what's very interesting about Lee Dawson is I think most of the drag queens that went on RuPaul's Drag Race like loved it and would often promote it. Uh, they met him at DragCon. He's also like, you know, very westernized, uh, gorgeous. And he is very talented, right? Very talented, as you can tell, just by him being able to pull in clips and be witty and be funny without saying anything. Like, he's never, like, spoken on these recaps. And then eventually got hired to do editing for Drag Race UK mm-hmm, or yeah. content around it, right? Yeah, so, so BBC3 hired him to do kind of, you know, whereas his root, his root caps back in the day could be like, you know, 17, 18 minutes, they had hired him to do these like five minute versions of that that obviously mm. are also a little less, um, I feel like he probably couldn't go as far in terms of like the mm. references or the weirdness. But I wonder if they needed to like, if they put any boundaries on him of like what kind of clips he could include or, or sure. what opinions he could share if they're kind of like the sanctioned recap, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, it certainly wouldn't be the same as it was when he was, you know, first starting out. Um, but the the ones that he's putting out now, because he's been putting out, God, it's like they, they come out in bursts now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all like five, six minutes long. Um, he's going back to the seasons that he missed. And I just feel like he is totally fine tuned, uh, his aesthetic. And they're funnier and funnier and funnier every single time they come out. Uh, and it's just impressive to see it not lose its spark. Like it's still, I, you would expect it to kind of be stale, but it's not. He's been doing this for years. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that like the key to it, because so uh, Blaze Amaze has obviously stopped, but Muniz also does his Ruprise, Ruprise, probably Ruprise. Mm. Ugh, either way, I'm probably wrong. But uh, he's also been doing them for a long time. And you know, similar style, but different references, different ways of sharing the opinion. And I think what keeps these fresh is the the other clips that get pulled in and kind of the other references that are kind of made uh, to the episode. And, and that's mm-hmm. what I love about these videos is that, like, it's not just about getting all of these moments in an dra- episode of Drag Race. It's also about these, like, random clips from, like, Big Brother or, you know, Bad Girls Club or, you know, some other like very regional reference we don't even know and pulling that in to the edit. And so it is truly like the the, if we don't make these references, we we lose these references like casserole of a video. I feel like Lee Dawson is something of a soulmate of yours, Mary, only because he seems like he's the king of cataloging. He must have just folders and folders and folders that are labeled a type of reaction or right? a like a, a finger movement or an eye movement or just the smallest of nuances that he captures across all media, whether it's a random reality show, whether it's a YouTube recap discussion of a drag race episode, right? Like he manages to find it or have his hands so beautifully on the pulse of just the cultural zeitgeist, the gay cultural zeitgeist that he just captures them and keeps them. 
Well, I always think about that with him and with Muniz of like exactly that. Like, do you guys just have folders that are just cataloged a certain way or categorized that you know, like, okay, I need somebody laughing. Let me go to this folder because it'll be a reference that feels very responsive to a moment. But then sometimes it's a beat that gets added in. And one of my favorites, and I can't remember which of them uses this more, but I love whenever the beat of detox in season five or you know, maybe it's all stars too, but it's her like in a hat going on stage going, huh, in like a red wig. <laughs> okay. And that gets added in like every once in a while. It's just like this mini reaction to something somebody said. And yeah. it and it's one of those like it, it's not necessary, but then once it's added in, it adds a rhythm and a and a, a little bit of mm. chaos to the scene that I don't know, just like really works for me. And I wonder as they're editing these videos, how do you know, oh, I think this needs a detox, huh? You know what I mean? Like, oh, I think that's what this needs. It Like, it almost goes back to what we were talking about with like, are you the architect or the conduit? You know, like, how are you figuring out this like symphony? You know? Yeah. How are you shaping it? Because it is very much about timing, especially when it comes to those clips. One of my favorite things that Lee Dawson does very consistently is he, he edits in Nina Bonita Brown saying, oh, my God, it's the first lip. Oh, yes. Yes. I love that. I love his relationship with Nina as well. Like they, he adds in Nina reacting to Lee's videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It became very meta because they kind of became friends and you know, whatnot. Um, another clip that he uses often, or I've seen a few times is, uh, and it's so random, but it's from season three and it's after they do the workout video challenge and it's Delta work in the workroom at one of the work tables, like wiping her forehead with, a towel and going, Oh, I'm going to be sick. And I don't know why, but it is so it's, it's, it's Delta work at her most perfectly exasperated. And I just, the, whenever Lee edits that in, I just swoon. It's just the funniest beat. I, I also love, maybe we could go on all day about these, but, uh, and sure we should, but one of the other ones that I love that he uses all the time is Viola Chachki saying, nobody says that. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it's so true too it's like ugh, okay nobody says that <laughs> and like finding like that rhythm of like finding where is the moment where like i just i don't know how because you know when we recap drag race i watch the episode twice i take notes the second time bada bing bada boom but i think to do this you have to like study those episodes and i've seen i think lee dawson has shared a screenshot of like his you know yeah. uh i movie or wherever he's editing these and like the the number of clips, the level of editing that he's done. It's like, this is, where do you even begin to build this? You know, how much time does this take? And to go back to what you were saying before, the expectation, I, I feel like he really uh, was became a huge challenge because people wanted these recaps of the most recent episode, you know, days after it came out. And he's like, this is 20 hours of editing and I can't mm-hmm. sit here for 20 hours, you know? Yeah, uh, I, I can sort of relate to that because I did my own video editing last year with in my last job, but certainly not with the deadlines that of, of mere days. I mean, I'm not a professional. I think he's a professional editor. And it just takes a long time, let alone to like render things. Like that's also part of it because you have to like watch it back and then do a little change and then have it render and then watch it back. Like it, it's, it's a very, very long, long process. And the amount 
on that those screenshots that like he used to share, like it is an insane amount of content being pushed together. And when he was creating these as like 18 to 20 minute videos, like that's a huge file. That's a lot to go through. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like my hat is often, I do remember him getting, uh, there were people that were kind of like complaining and sending hate. And it's just like, girl, like, what are you complaining about? This is somebody just creating fan art. Like, yeah. I feel like there was maybe it was because of Nina, who knows, but I feel like I remember on Reddit when when people started to, you know, turn on him a little bit. And and it was crazy because it was just like, I mean, I I'm not as I don't check the RuPaul's Drag Race subreddit nearly as much as I used to back in the day. But like it's it is a generally very civil group like it's not what people talk about when they go oh my god everyone on reddit it's like no it's everyone on twitter girl let's get it right uh reddit is incredibly moderated and so um i i I remember like when it kind of got to that point it was like wow what did he do and and it almost felt like and maybe i'm missing some details but it almost felt like you know people were like oh well now you're getting too big for your britches and i'm like Mm. how are we not celebrating the fact that like yeah he should be able to retire from his day job and do this all the time if that's what he wants to do why is that too big for his britches you know yeah i i the other conflict i think was that his videos kept being taken down Uh because of like the copyright bullshit which is bullshit right like well, that's, God. yeah. I mean, so he would have to post things on Vimeo. And so it was uh, kind of like, you know, he'd put like a mini motion. preview on yeah. YouTube and you click on the link and it was just not as easy. And, you know, it's crazy right now with like um, TikTok. I mean, there is, I'm not as familiar with the moderating, but there seemingly is no copyright issue with TikTok. You can use fucking anything, um, but oh, you just have that. a limited time period. How long do you have? Well, I feel like people's TikToks, I don't know, maybe it depends on like, I don't know all the rules, but I feel like maybe when you first start, you can only make like, I don't know, a 20, like something below a minute. And then after that, you can make them like a minute long or something like that. But like, whatever it is, whatever you're making, it's, it's meant to be very short form. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. I know the reels on Instagram are all very short. It's uh, from the model of... What was that other app? Um, Snapchat. They were roommates. Um, oh, Vine. Vine. Oh, right? my God. That idea that like, no, make it work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, no, tell the story, uh, make it work in this amount of time. And, you know, as Bjork says so brilliantly, the less room you give me, the more space I got. And I feel like if you do have to edit it down, more brilliance perhaps would come out, um, which is why I'm really enjoying Lee's kind of like, four to six minute videos right now. It's like, oh no, the best parts are still there. And he's also not covering the whole episode. I feel like there's, no. you know, yeah, it's being very selective. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things he's done and Muniz has done and, and Blaze Amaze did is like for the lip sync in the episode, they would edit it in a different song. And <laughs> I just love kind of similar to with like, like the Dragonheim. I just love that idea of what if you took it and put it a different context or put different music here? How does that change the scene? And that was always kind of my favorite, like cherry on the Sunday of these was like the lip sync was always, you know, even that was going to be a surprise of what what song he would they would like recreate the scene with yeah yeah that uh that that's always a surprise i remember tuning in to lee dawson and wondering kind of what his opinion would be on 
you know, what happened. And you could definitely tell. He definitely put that forward, which I appreciated. Yeah, with um, on Muniz's videos, when they do the runways, if for a look that he likes, he'll edit in Monique Hart saying, stunning. And then for a yeah. look <laughs> that he doesn't like, I think it's also Monique going, oh, okay. And it's so <laughs> funny. It is so fucking funny. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And so I'm like waiting to see. And like I want him to like the look, but I also want him to say, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. No, it's it's an interesting um I don't know, I miss those I guess I don't miss, but like you know how every week now there's yeah, if you go to YouTube, you watch Purse First, you watch the pit stop, you mm-hmm. watch various reactions to the latest episode. I miss getting the latest reaction from those video recaps, the ones that are maybe not necessarily even doing it to monetize their YouTube channel. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, it was you know, a lot of this kind of, heart, again, harkens back to a different era of Drag Race and when there was less, you know, uh, of, of yeah, other than like Katya doing her, you know, recaps every week on season seven, which still felt like its own small little secret on YouTube. Mm. There Now it just feels, um, you know, an episode comes out and it's just so much noise. It's noise from like the, all the Drag Race and WoW uh, Instagram and, and social media handles mm-hmm. posting clips and posting updates. It's noise mm-hmm. from like just so many recappers, our own blathering mouths. And so like there was just, yeah, there was something, you know, as, as um, the Squirrel Friends cocktail hour is, is reviving themselves for All Stars 7. I was listening to their Meet the Queens video and uh, or Meet the Queens episode and like hearing their opening theme song. I was like, oh, my God, this takes me back to like. 2016 like this was like from pre R.A. Mary even like this brings me back and it's uh I don't know I don't know if it's the golden days but it was uh different days you know there was a different sentiment you know um which kind of brings me into like I don't know maybe uh an ending topic for our episode today but the economy of drag versus the fan art of drag and I wonder when they mix or when when the intention changed because I feel like they're like we were saying like there's some fan artists that are just doing it for art's sake or some podcasts that are just doing it because you know they want to talk about it with somebody versus people that are like actively like oh no I, I'm, I gotta monetize this I gotta worry about my whatever the letters are ASC or whatever they are um you know all the SELs whatever it is um like how do I get people to see this and tagging the queens and all of the hashtags and whatever that you add on the bottom of a post when did that kind of change because I don't think it used to be that now it is who's the loudest one and and who is maybe having the most appeal because I mean you know as example we've talked about in the past Simpsons Drag Race that oh my god is something that I you know I don't believe there's any monetizing going on I don't think you're maybe could I don't know but like to me that feels maybe almost hearkening back to some of those glory day things of like it's so inside you know what I mean it's so what I love about Simpsons Drag Race is that the jokes either if it's a Simpsons joke or a Drag Race joke are not telegraphed like if you don't get the reference you don't get the reference and so it brings back that feeling of like oh remember when this was just our little show and Mm. so I the idea of like kind of pairing that with another thing that's that has its own world of references um is something that yeah is not part of the drag economy but is very much this kind of like 
I don't even want to call it fan art. It's not fan art. It, it's like, it's for the fans. It's not fan art and dedication of the Queens, you know? Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of something else that's like that. Um, and I, and I can't, you know what I mean? Like I, it, nothing is like Simpsons drag. It's, you know? I love it. It's, and it, and, and there are ones where I'm like, Oh, I don't get this reference. And then I love it because I don't get it. Cause I'm like, well, mm. go off sis, go off, make that reference, you know? Uh, so I, uh, you know, for anyone listening, I, I, I think it's still alive on, um, Twitter, but the account got taken down on Instagram. But for fans of real housewives, there was an account called Yolanda Fister that, Listeners who are Housewives fans know had a time where Yolanda Fister was the meme account on Instagram for Housewives, but it was like, it would be like a quote or like a, you know, when, you know, when I get home late from whatever, you know, some kind of quote and then like a corresponding clip from like Real Housewives. And the connection between the two was so, sometimes so bizarre and so like, oh my God, how did you think of that? But in and of itself could never be monetized. You know what I mean? Like it's only about making a joke with people and then it gets taken down. So go figure, you know? You know, what's interesting. I, I don't know how true this is, but I was on a discord yesterday and heard this news, but apparently now on Twitter, they're going to start a subscription service where like you can subscribe to a Twitter user and pay them essentially, you know, whatever, how much money a month to get access to exclusive tweets. Oh my God. Oh brother. I mean, and I wonder if that is going to, if that's going to be going to affect the drag economy in some way. Yeah. You know, it, it, I feel like, you know, um, I guess it depends on what's on the other side of that paywall, right? Like what, mm -hmm. what, what's the value of those tweets? It, it could be if you're tweeting a meme out that you've created, you know, I don't know. In, in that case, would someone like Yolanda Fister, who's creating apparently like content that Bravo wants taken down, if they had it behind a paywall, does that mean that they can still continue to create that content for an audience? You know, like, right. Right. Cause in that case, I mean, there's a benefit, you know? Yeah. I mean, it could be self-help people. It could be journalists. It could be, uh, you know, comedians. It could be all types of different, you know, thinkers, pushers, provokers. Uh, but it's an interesting kind of idea for uh, another way to make money on Twitter. <laughs> or will it just be kind of like an in-house only fans because so many right. people use Twitter to promote their only fans and their mm -hmm. like sex work content or just their homemade porn or whatever that it's like, instead of having a private account, you have a subscription account, roll it all into one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know if, if it's going to be the same as the fleets. Remember the fleets? Oh, I do remember the fleets. That was a, that was an era. Yeah. I saw a lot of dicks on fleets. I didn't have Twitter on my phone during that era, so I never experienced the fleets. Oh, I mean, they were like Instagram stories, you know? That's what I heard. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of dicks were on them. It was a lot of like, oh, I finally feel safe sharing my dick. All right, you know, go off, sis. <laughs> Screenshot. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, well, I, I think that is uh, all. Oh, wait, I mean, Mary. Mary, what? wait, wait. There's one that we have to talk about. Oh, I think I have one more written down on my list, too. Maybe it's the same one. It, is it Connie? 
Oh, it's not Connie, but we can talk about Con- Connie. Absolutely. I was going to just give a little shout out to Rapples Dark Res, uh, oh. which is its own like mushroom trip of a recap that is, mm. is so becomes less and less about the episode or the season that it's based on. And I think Room was going to be bringing that back, but that also was a very like it, it was. I love it was like, if you want to really go down a rabbit hole, if you want to get weird with Drag Race, join us for Rapple Dark Res. It was great. It, it's really um, the kooky cousin of all of these recaps. Definitely the kooky cousin. Um, Connie Wayland, is that the name? Connie Wayland? Um, yes, Connie Wayland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does towel dress drag, but it's highly edited to act out in tandem with a lip sync that happened. Usually a famous lip sync, usually one with like a lot of gags. And I don't know how she films this. I, I, my, I, my towel is off to her. Like it is so funny. And she manages to kind of do, do a version of a movement or a version of a reaction that is, it just makes it so much funnier because she's in a tin hat or a towel. Yeah, Connie is doing true bedroom drag, towel dress drag, like so much of what we've we've talked about doing as a kid. She's doing like she's done of lip syncs of a current season. I've seen her do it to This Will Be, Dita Ritz. Um, mm. it, and it's yeah, I mean, it's just her, you know, creating moments with towels and and costumes and yeah, not recreating the choreography perfectly but like really getting the spirit of how we feel Mm -hmm. and and how we perform these moments on our own like i feel like you know reading into it whether or not this is what connie is intending is she's doing this really funny version of the lip sync but it really is kind of this like homage to like childhood bedroom drag yeah i love that it's not exact it it captures the spirit and then maybe one little nuance that mm-hmm. my heart just swells. Right. Like she'll be doing this and then like, she'll capture like RuPaul looking to the left suddenly and she'll catch, <laughs> she'll catch that nuance. And I'm like, Oh, Connie, you got it. You got it, girl. There <laughs> done. I knew you had it. You know? Um, yeah. She's, uh, is, is really great, really fun. And I, I think is also kind of like, uh, opening the gates of like this is for anybody like you don't have to be good mm. at you don't have to be good at like makeup and costumes and all that and who knows maybe she is and she's just having fun but like it's it's not about it's not about having the right human hair wig a bath towel will do yeah you you absolutely don't it does not need to be a full production sometimes it's better when it's not it's like oh no you just pulled this together in an afternoon yeah, what's that quote? Sometimes things that are expensive are worse. Are worse, yes. So, uh, <laughs> Thank you, Freckle. Yeah. Ah, ay, ay, ay. Well, Marys, if there's if there's drag art, drag adjacent, drag race adjacent art that we're missing that you want to bring to our radars, we're obviously hungry and excited and interested in it. So uh, send it our way. If you got any tips? Yeah, you. You know. Yeah, we got any tips? Send them our way. Um, you can uh, let us know on Instagram at allrightmarypod. You can email us at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.allrightmary.com or tastereality.com slash allright-mary. And if you want, I am on Instagram at johnny also. 
And you can hear even more of me on my other two podcasts, whether they be In the Details, A Celebration of Nuance, or Best Supporting Podcast, A Celebration of Best Supporting Actresses. And you can get more of me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore and more of both of us on the aforementioned Patreon at patreon.com slash allrightmary, where we have got probably at this point over 300 episodes of recaps of previous seasons, Drag Race España currently, movies, TV shows. It is a treasure trove and it is all just behind uh, a garden wall on patreon.com slash allrightmary. All right, Mary. Well, I think we're going to leave it there. And I don't have a last chance lip sync for this week, but uh, maybe it's from season eight. Uh, some art, art, uh, punk, uh, whatever that challenge was. Sure. Maybe it's, you know, I'm not a square. I'm a hexagon or whatever, Courtney, or not Courtney, Derek, <laughs> some different things. Oh, oh or um, rectangle girl. In a rectangle world. It's uh, Nisha Lopez. Oh, yeah. It's going to be all of that performance. Basically, what you're hearing right now is those three. is Chi-Chi, Derek, and Nisha giving truly the best performance of the Season 8 music challenge. So good. All right, Marys. We will see you next week for uh, the beginning, the first two episodes of All-Star 7. Ay, 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 ay. Well, uh, you know, in the words of my people, Tatsins. Rectangle girls of the world. No matter the size, no matter the shape. You may be shaped like a bumblebee, but you're beautiful, girl. Just love your body. Rectangle girls of the world. You want to be seen like a girl on TV. I'm not a stepfoot wife. Rectangle girls of the world. We're from the girls. Yeah, we will give you lines. I'm straight to the point and I'm sharp as a knife. Get out of the box. Don't be so uptight. Rectangle girls of the world. Thank you, thank you. Be different. Love yourself.